Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm Erica Carbajal with Becker's Hospital Review. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Bonnie Clipper, the founder of Innovation Advantage, and Dr. F.J. Campbell, Chief Medical Officer of Ardent Health Services. Welcome. Thanks so much to you both for joining. Bonnie, can I start with you to tell us a bit more about yourself and organization? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to the conversation. Uh, I'm a nurse, been a nurse for a very long time, chief nursing officer, um, actually a recovering chief nursing officer, shall I say. And I have been able to create this really cool, unique offering through my consulting company to help organizations that are standing up and launching virtual nursing programs. Great. Yeah, huge, huge topic right now, which virtual nursing, which we'll get into and Dr. F.J. Campbell, do you mind doing the same? Sure. Thanks, Erica. My name is F.J. Campbell. I'm an emergency physician, and I'm the chief medical officer for Arden Health Services. Uh, we manage 30 acute care facilities across the United States. Um, my attention is uh, concentrated on our value-based care initiatives, our clinical operations in general. Well, it's great to have you both, and thanks again for your time and for joining Let's start with, you know, we're all keenly aware of the profound challenges facing our frontline caregivers. You know, COVID really laid those bare and brought them to the forefront. And lately, there's been a lot of buzz about virtual nursing as a strategy to help. So, Bonnie, can you start by kind of sharing your vision for what's possible in the future, as well as where the industry is right now with virtual nursing? Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's no surprise that just recently the American Hospital Association released their environmental scan for 2023 and the top three issues that hospital CEOs have identified as a concern for them are personnel shortages, financial challenges, and patient safety and quality. Those literally are the perfect springboard for organizations to begin to explore what an inpatient virtual nursing care delivery model can do to help them. Most specifically, it's around ways that we can actually help to engage and create satisfaction among clinicians in providing this type of care and also improve the quality and the outcomes for patients. So overall, I think we're starting to find ways to really satisfy some of these goals. This is very novel, and we are working through this very, very quickly to put in place the best models that we can. And FJ, let me turn to you now. I know Ardent recently announced a partnership with Cared AI to deploy their AI-based virtual nursing platform. Can you describe how your new virtual caregivers are collaborating with the bedside nurses and what any early results that you're seeing? I can. The collaboration with CareAI is opening up what I perceive to be a new channel for nursing overall. Um, Bonnie's correct. I mean, this is this can be transformative, and it's also going to be novel. And you really have to have reliable development partners, and execution and really thoughtful development is what brought us to CareAI. But the specific example here, we're in an environment where we too, after coming out of COVID had a real appreciation for how can we further support our nursing staff. Um, The virtual nurse is what I'm going to get into in a minute, but that's where we're starting. And ultimately, with the success that we have, we're looking to bring CareAI across our entire network um, and ultimately um, have an enterprise-wide application of CareAI so that we can really be benefiting our nurses across all 30 of our hospitals. We started 
um, in one of our hospitals in the Albuquerque market um, within one of our emergency departments. And it began with a nurse who had a near career-ending injury and thought he was going to have to leave the profession for good. I mean, this is a senior experienced ED nurse. Um, and this really was tailor-made to – we were now going to not lose a person with incredible nursing experience. We gave them a new way to engage as a nurse. So with our Carry-I platforms per ED room, this has really allowed for um, load-balancing the work of the nursing staff. Um, when I came and I actually saw the facility, nurses were coming up to me with their to-do list and pointed out – there are 15 things on here. The virtual nurse took, her, took care of five of them for me. Like this is absolutely in short order improving my workflow. So it only took like a week for people to embrace this because the virtual nurse at that point was executing on assistance with the admission process. Or if a patient got morphine, it was, hey, we're going to follow up to see if the patient actually has an improvement in their pain scores. Um, discharge education, which can take a significant amount of time, uh, all of a sudden we had a great vehicle for patients really appreciating their discharge instructions, um, which has already demonstrated improvement in patient satisfaction. So um, we're starting with virtual nurses in our ED. We're going to um, move at this point on to multiple med surge units. And I think that that, will, that too will lead to load balancing that's very effective for our nursing staff. Um, we're also realizing that if we're having these systems in each of the rooms, that we shouldn't be restricting ourselves to virtual nursing. Um, it was the attendings that actually came to us and said, listen, I can't easily get out to this secondary remote hospital, this rural hospital. If you're going to be doing this, if you're going to be having these platforms in each of the rooms, I can actually conduct my consulting services at that hospital that's 45 minutes away. Uh, this is really creating an environment where we're now going to have the virtual attending from, let's say, our hub hospitals supporting our remote facilities. And that really is going to start you know, balancing the opportunities for care across the care continuum. Um, patients are going to be able to stay in their communities, and it's also going to allow our tertiary care centers to have more, uh, have more bed capacity so that we can take higher acuity patients from across our communities. So we really see this as not just a function of being transformative for nurses, but being transformative for community hospitals. Thanks, FJ, for sharing that example. I think the story of the nurse who had a, a what could have been a career-ending injury and instead, due to virtual nursing, was able to, to stay and help out in different areas. And I think it just speaks to the overall theme of flexibility that we're really seeing hospitals embrace now um, as a way to recruit and retain nurses. And Bonnie, is there anything else you'd add here in terms of where you see virtual nursing going? Yeah, absolutely. So FJ's spot on. There's really top, uh, top five workflows that we're seeing from a nursing perspective that are truly a value add from a virtual nursing perspective. And, and those are the admission process. That means the admission documentation with a limited assessment discharge documentation with medication teaching and medication reconciliation, transfer documentation, also the ability to have dual nurse verification of uh, medications or blood products, and then expert nursing 
intervention on potential clinical deterioration among patients. Those really are the top workflows that we're starting to see around the country where virtual nurses can really add the most value. And particularly when you think about that in detail, it's the fact that the first three of those, the documentation aspects are so burdensome in how much time it takes us to work through the actual electronic health record documentation it's a complete relief to have someone supplement and take some of those pieces over for you. The other part of it is that we're also seeing the nurses at the bedside having less and less tenure and experience. So as the more tenured nurses have been exiting out of the nursing workforce, what we have is a wonderful group of nurses who just don't have as much experience. So the ability to have an expert nurse that can provide assistance if they see deterioration or something going on with the patient condition or lab values or monitoring that requires some more uh, direction and guidance, this is really where those nurses are able to intervene and help redirect the care for the nurses who are providing the hands-on care at the bedside. Yeah, thanks for touching on really where virtual nurses can have add the most value, be most beneficial and I think that the knowledge gap component is is a huge portion too of you know not not losing that experience and knowledge of all um, the seasoned bedside nurses by allowing them to have this this opportunity with virtual nursing. Now I know many health systems are actively making decisions about how to best get started with a pilot or how to move to quickly scale. So what are the most important considerations that decision makers need to think about or know as they consider a path forward here? Um, I'll tell you what I went through. When we came out of COVID, it became clear to us that, you know, the, the human resource pool that we had um, was going to remain challenged for years to come. And we needed to have a paradigm. We needed to accept the fact that the, the, the circumstances had changed. And therefore, if we were going to execute on our mission overall, we really had to have a paradigm shift on how we could leverage technology to meet our clinical needs. And that, I think that's the first thing people were going to have to appreciate, that it's our landscape in terms of human resources to execute at the bedside has changed and very likely is not going to go back to anything that we even had in 2019 for decade to come. So if you can embrace that, um, then, uh, you know, it, it really, then all of a sudden you start realizing all the opportunities that are in front of you, you know, virtual, like virtual nursing, virtual attending, but there's also leveraging this kind of technology for, um, you know, ambient monitoring of the room, you know, the impact that that can have on preventing falls or hand washing or, um, you know, staff safety, where you can, you know, have a situation where you have safe wards to make sure that our staff are safe if there's a concerning component that's taking place in a room. Um, so look to realize that this new technology is going to drive multiple use case scenarios that we're not fully appreciative of. So now, if you can accept that, don't be completely wedded to your legacy systems. That has absolutely been a circumstance for us. And we're realizing that for some of the systems that we've got that are really nothing more than a one-trick pony, we're going to have to find our way to unwind if we're going to really take on embracing this technology for the promise that it brings. It's not going to be an overnight solution. Um, you know, we're, you know, 
we're basically budgeting a good two years to bring this to scale across our enterprise. Um, now, that stated, we think that this is going to be a paradigm shift for how we execute in our facilities, and we believe that patients are going to be quite responsive to it. So you're either going to be on the leading or lagging end of this curve, and we've made we've made the presumption that we should be on the leading end of this curve. And I would amplify what FJ just shared. When I communicate with chief nurse executives and care transformation executives, it's about completely disrupting and transforming your care delivery model. We're not really talking about a tweak here and a tweak there. So that really means be very thoughtful about the technology that you're seeking. We know that there are um, easy and fast ways to do this by just mounting a camera and a microphone in a room or even sharing tablets versus the longer play of you know, utilizing ambient computer vision and sensors. When I work with chief nurses and care transformation um, execs, what I suggest that they think about is what's the longer term play for you? Is this just a problem that you're trying to solve now? Because if that's the case, use, use the technology that is quick and easy. However, you know that it's going to outdate itself very, very quickly. So really think about leaning into more future-facing technology that's going to allow you to build more programs, if you will, and incorporate more disciplines as well as integrate more assets into the technology. So I'll give you an example. We know that you can stand up a virtual nursing model very quickly if you just decide to mount cameras and microphones. However, you are missing out on the opportunity to integrate with your EHR or to integrate other tools and devices. And some of those might be ways to obtain vital signs without the use of people or ways to detect which patient needs to be turned at which time. So thinking about what does the future look like is as important as trying not to panic and just solve the problem that you have today. Be very mindful about what problem are you trying to solve? And then think about what does that look like over the next couple of years to get you to the point that you're not going to be out of date, but rather have a handle on a new care delivery model that is now the new way that you deliver care. That way you can onboard and orient not only your physicians to this care delivery model, but also your nurses and your other clinical staff, because it really is a paradigm shift that changes the way we all do things. Yeah, thank you both. I think you both proposed some interesting insight there in terms of treating this as the transformative change and new care model that it is versus you know, a quick new tech implementation. Bonnie, can you talk to just how we as an industry can best accelerate and de-risk this journey to care transformation? Yeah, there's a there's certainly a couple of, of things just to keep in mind in doing that, right? This is new. So as we're talking about standing up virtual nursing models for our inpatients, it requires a little bit of intentionality around that. How is it you want to build the infrastructure? Are you looking for a hub within one hospital? Do you plan to scale this across the system? In which case, do you want a statewide hub or a national hub? Also think about the nurses. So every nurse should not be rotated into a virtual nursing hub or a virtual nursing model. 
I'm actually working with some associations, um, nursing professional groups right now at the national level to kind of codify what's the definition of a virtual nurse. And so far, what um, is the draft definition is a registered nurse who is virtual and uses nursing practice to either oversee or support the real-time direct patient care delivered by the on-site nurse. That's not an e-sitter. It's not someone that's monitoring the EICU physiologic monitoring devices. It's not someone providing telehealth visits, chronic care coaching, et cetera. So we have to be very definitive about that e-nurse or virtual nurse, what they do. Then we also have to think about how is it we support not only the boots on the ground, but also the virtual nurses. Those should be experienced nurses five years or more, not just rotating people through that. However, I'm also very, very sensitive to the fact that there is a huge benefit by allowing a very specific group of nurses that are at the bedside the ability to do some work within a virtual nursing hub to develop an appreciation for that process. Also, it does make the job of being the bedside nurse a little bit more doable. I mean, let's face it, these are hard jobs. So I think there's an awful lot of time and space that we have to be very thoughtful about how we figure out these different models. Everyone in the hospital can't apply for the virtual nurse positions, or we will have no one to take care of the patients at the bedside. So we really just have to think about what do these models look like? How do we satisfy the needs of all the nurses so that we make the jobs at the bedside much more doable and successful for those folks as well? I just really wanted to invite any nurses that are interested in virtual nursing or nurse leaders that are working towards standing up their own virtual nursing care delivery models to check out virtualnursing.com. We're really trying to build a community that is built for nurses and by nurses to share the lessons learned, to identify best practices, to provide resources, data, articles, just so we can help each other as colleagues around the country begin to launch these programs. So check it out. Love to see you there. Definitely. Thanks for sharing some of that, those reminders about what a virtual nurse is, is not in, in terms of telehealth visits and all those other areas. And it sounds like, you know, lots of progress to come and, and exciting new care models on the way to make things easier for, for, for all nurses. Well, Bonnie and FJ, thank you so much for your time and discussion today. And listeners, you can tune into other podcast episodes from Becker's by visiting the page on our website at beckershospitalreview.com slash podcasts.